Heavenly Father, we thank you that your love never fails. We thank you that uh, every day you are new. You are new. You are new. You are new. No matter what we might face, where we might be right now, that there's something new in you for us every day. And so, Father God, our hearts are open, our minds are open, our spirits open, that you may just encourage, transform, enlighten, heal, save, release from containment and constraint those areas of our lives that we might be hemmed in right now. We just give ourselves to you afresh, Jesus, knowing that you are good. We're singing about that this morning, that you are so good, Lord Jesus. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, neither height nor depth, nor demon power, life nor death. And so right now, Lord, we reach out to you. There are those times in our lives we feel maybe distant from you. There are those situations and circumstances that feel that, that cause us to trip and fall from you. We might lose sight of you. Sometimes we feel that we're not in your hands. But right now we reach out to you, Jesus, as you reach out to us with open arms, with great love. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. It's good um, to see you this morning. I say nice to see you, to see you nice, but it is really good to see you this morning. Um, I want to just take um, a moment or two before I uh, come to um, share a message. I'm going to speak on a heart for the house uh, just for a few moments this morning. Um, but before I do that, I want to just share something about starfish and... Uh, you know the story of the starfish. We've, we've, uh, you may be aware of it. You've maybe come across it. But um, a long time ago, not in a faraway place, but uh, uh, a man was walking his dog on the beach, and he went out, uh, and he was walking. And as he was walking along by the beach, he found that there was all these... It's a phenomenon that happens. Uh, starfish were washed up on the beach. There are thousands upon thousands of them these creatures, which was, looked, looked like a tragedy. And in the distance, as he was walking along and the, the sun was rising, as it were, it was, a, it was a beautiful day, but it was a tragic situation before him, he saw a distant little figure in the distance sort of darting along the beach. As he got closer with his dog, he saw it was a little boy, and this little boy, you've heard me, we've shared this once, but he picked up a starfish and was throwing it back into the water, throwing it back out to sea. And the guy looked at the futile nature of all that was going on before him with the thousands and thousands of starfish that were in front of him and this little lad just throwing another one back in and, and going back and, and back and forth. And, and, and so he, 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 you know, he looked at the, 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 the lad and spoke to him and said to him, you know, what are you doing? You know, it's, 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 there's thousands of the things. It's just not going to make any difference. With that, you know, the little lad, only a young lad, picked up the starfish and said it's made a difference to that one as he threw that one back out into the distance. And the moral of that story is, whether it's anecdotal, probably is an anecdotal story, is this. You can make a difference, each one of us, if we do our thing, do our bit. But it's a danger in life that we, when we see a large, insurmountable, what appears something insurmountable, we, you can be put off by the, 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 the large uh, task. But if everybody does their bit in a task and, and does their bit, you can make a big difference. That's the moral of the story. Now, can you imagine if, if that man joined in with a little boy and started chucking two back and other, the others caught the vision and, and, and there were thousands of people just chucking one back in and doing their bit, then, you know, the starfish 
What seems insurmountable is not insurmountable. And, um, well, as a church, we, we have somewhere in the region of um, 270,000 starfish wash, potentially washing up on the shore in the not-too-distant future. Uh, 270,000 pounds. So we were showing this at our vision uh, AFM recently. Uh, people were asking if we had to look at extra extra borrowing, what would it amount to? And it would amount to roughly in the region of about £270,000 to build the new community building attached to the church at the back of our building and transform this site into a centre of hope. It is a place of hope, but we're looking to, for a complete transformation. And um, it equates to £270. £270. Well, yeah. It's a Freudian slip. In God's eyes, it's just a speck, you know, days, a thousand years, a thousand years a day. But, you know, it's 270,000, roughly speaking. And um, so, you know, um, we looked at something and uh, Ian, our treasurer, said, hey, do you know, Adrian, if 80 people could throw back five starfish a week, five pounds, roughly speaking, if 80 people could give five pounds a week, that would equate to... £400 a week uh, over the five-week, you know, some, over the calendar month, if you work it out, it equates to £1,733. And that would be, extra giving, if it was pledged, would be, would be the extra giving that is needed to build the new centre, over and above what we already give. That's what it would be. Can you imagine that? 80 people. And so you, you'll see nearby you... Um, we, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at, at taking things forward. Uh, and so we need to be in a position to, to, to uh, you know, take these things forward. And so you'll see that near you, you might be sitting on it by you, a pledge card. We're not gonna, no one's going to breathe down your neck. No one is actually going to try to twist your arm. What we're saying is if we could throw back. Some people could, that maybe for some, you know, five pounds a week is a lot. And I don't belittle this at all. And for others, it, it might be some. So some may be to give more than five pounds a week, some less. But if 80 people, already we've got about 12 people doing this. There's about 300 and something pounds a month already coming in without even saying anything, which is fantastic. And all the giving so far that you've been giving, we mapped it out at our AFM meeting, uh, vision meeting, and it's there in the AFM reports. Please take one. It's all there for you to see what's going on with our finances, what's being given, how much we, we're, we're, we're looking to raise. It's, it's all there. It's in our report. Um, so, yeah, so you, you've got them in front of you. There's, there's a pledge card. For, to, so what, we, what we're saying is, please prayerfully consider joining the band of 80 to throw back five starfish a week as it were, and uh, that would be... Uh, please don't go start throwing back starfish and getting me into trouble. Um, I know it's the Old Testament, but it's just as inspired as the New Testament. And uh, let me just... Um, yeah. It says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, um, interesting, um, God says to the people um, of that time, at that time, the people of God, the Israelite people, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then he says something, I put it in the bowl there, test me in this. Isn't that amazing? Can, can, can you can you test God? You little old me, I can't. But God wants to say, put this to the test, people. Um, and I'll explain that in just a moment or two. Uh, it says the Lord Almighty, and see if, if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be not enough room in my 
to you to store it. I mean, basically, the basic principle of this, obviously this was written at a time to the people of God at that time, God speaking into their lives at that time, but the principle of God is the heart of God is this, is that, you know, um, it's this, and you've heard me say this um, a number of times, if we do what we can do, God will do what we can't do. If we do what we can do, God will do what we can't do. That's why he says, test me in this. There's something about God wanting to partner with people. That's you and me. Uh, And he he doesn't have to twist our arm. He won't twist our arm. He'll just say, test me in this. You do it, and you see what happens. And so may may I suggest to you, I'm going to suggest it anyway, even if you say you can't. But I'm going to suggest to you, if we test God in this, 80 people, throwing back five pounds a week, if you could pledge that, some maybe could pledge more, some would be less. If you could pledge less, that's fine. Don't beat yourself up over it. Just do what you can. Do, let's do what we can. And let's test God in this and see. Now, we won't get ourselves into a position until we're in that position, if you know what I mean. And we would have a meeting to say to the church, we're getting ready for the position, do you agree? So we're not going to go charging ahead, but with faith, we believe. And I said at our vision meeting, if the miracle of our plans being passed after nine years of me, us, not me, but us as a church, knocking on the door, and probably 20 years of trying to do something in this community with this building, a grade two listed building, if God, and over, overnight, but in nine years overnight, what I thought would be overnight in the night was nine years, but overnight, everything was changed. And the chief planning officer, conservation officer, in fact, the conservation officer moved away. There wasn't one left. And so the chief planning officer got so sick and tired of us, listened and said, yeah, something could be done. It's an incredible story. So, as I said um, recently, uh, a, a Ghanaian pastor I was talking to said, if it's, I can't put his voice on. If it's his will, it's his bill. I would say, is this the will of God, church? Not Adrian Mancini, not, not leadership team, not elders, not, not, not a few people saying, well, this is our vision and we're going to clear off after a few months and what you can do, what you like. If this is the will of God, if it's his will, I believe, and I'm not saying try, it's his bill. If we do what we can, he'll do what we can't. So I believe it's a time to, it says of uh, Samson, when Samson on his final, final days was taken between the temple um, the, the god Dagon, and the Philistines took him into the temple. It said, Samson, he was taken by the pillars. Samson prayed, and then he pushed. And then the temple came down. And I believe as we pray and now push, and the push will be in us stepping out and raising the funds, it will crumble before us, and we will see. And I, we, I do believe that we're looking for some grants we're looking for some capital grant funding. I've asked for about £50,000, which would, could transform everything in the way that we give. And if we do what we can, we believe that God will do what we can't. So come on, have a look at the plans in the foyer, get excited again, take away the literature, give it to your friends. If you're here for the first time, come and join us, be part of a journey of building a fresh centre of hope. And this whole site, we're looking to change the whole the landscape, the whole site with the new building attached. Look at the plans. Amazing. Be absolutely fantastic. And uh, so come and join us and let's be part of that. And so prayerfully, may I say, consider pledging above what we're already giving. 
we would then be releasing in a couple of years' time, 18 months' time, the coffee house. And what we spend per month on the coffee house will be included in this 1,700, which will allow us to get us to a place where we need to be. God bless you. Let's pray. Not going to say any more on that, but leave it with you. And so I'm, I'm, I'm joining in in this. I'm not just saying that you do it. You know, I'm joining in in the same vision and doing what we're talking about. So let's do it together. It'd be great. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for the amazing generosity that has been in our church over the years. Uh, the building fund is where it is to this day, £131,000, because historically people have given when it's hurt. And there are people here today that maybe have given significant amounts. And we thank God for the giving that there has been historically. We thank, we thank you, Father God, for even in the recent months, the, uh, the gifts that have come to bring us to this place so far. Lump sum gifts and people giving, uh, gift aiding, and other people beginning to give over and above uh, their tithes and their offerings. Thank you, Father God, for the generosity of your people. Now, in this day, as we consider... We are going to do what we can do. We ask you, please do what we can't do. Changing the hearts of planning and changing the hearts and transforming the hearts of those that could give grants and funding. And uh, we ask you, Father God, to make the way ahead clear and straight so that we can do what you want us to do in uh, this part of the vineyard that you've given us to minister into and further beyond. For your glory, Lord, that your name may be renowned. And uh, we're going to take you at your word where you say, test me in this. As we step out in faith and see you play your part too. Father God, thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. For, thank you for listening and uh, appreciate all that you, uh, you know, your hearts at this time. So um, let's move on. Heart for God. I want to speak just for a few moments now this morning on uh, a heart for the house. And um, if you have a Bible, please turn me to Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. So I shared some of this at our Vision AFM evening uh, as a heart really for us as the way ahead, looking at the future this year and moving ahead. And um, I've been sharing a little bit uh, when I've been speaking about heart. So last week I looked at We looked at the theme of healing a broken heart. A couple of weeks before that, we looked at the theme of um, realigning our hearts, a heart for God. So I'm following that sort of theme. But now as a community, uh, I want to take this theme of a heart for the house and just just look at what that means. And as a way of realigning our hearts as a church, really. And this is the the method in my madness, if you so like, or, or the vision or heart that I felt Holy Spirit just laying on my heart is, just a realigning of our hearts and um, f- for the season ahead. And, uh, do you know, I'm more excited today than I, than I was um, nearly ten and a half years ago when I stood here for the very first time with my, my lovely young... They're still a young family, but they were much young, we were a much younger, younger family ten and a half years ago. I am more excited today than I was then, uh, not because I believe in hype, but hope. And uh, looking ahead at what now, God, but, but I just felt, uh, as I was praying about with excitement, it's easy for me when you spend a long time praying about something, uh, but beginning to share that with the church, that it's time now to uh, take that excitement and focus it with realignment. 
And so that's what I want to really look at uh, for the next few moments this morning for us as a church. Um, it says of the early church, the early believers, the early Christians, it says in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and at many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, I believe that uh, God takes pleasure in his church. I believe with all my heart. And uh, I said this recently, but sometimes I have to tell my face that. You know, you and I, we need to maybe tell our face that every now and again. I don't know about you, but I have to realign my heart with church and life. Um, today, the word church on a lot of people's mouths is, oh, what's all that? Well, relevant. Oh, hypocrites. If you talk to the general public about church, is it really relevant? But if you talk about faith and hope and life and forgiveness and God and getting right with the creator, people then will say, hey, I need that. But that's what church is all about. Church is all of what I've just said, all of that good stuff. And, you know, God actually takes pleasure in the church. Throughout the New Testament, the church is called the bride. The church being you and me. No, I've talked about a building and raising finances for buildings. You know, I've heard it said, you know, we are sheep, God's sheep, and the building is the sheep shed. So we're looking at new bits of the sheep shed that we're, and this is a sheep shed, the actual building, but we, the sheep of the church. This is just the sheep shed. It just is an, an opportunity for us to meet and, and gather together. But um, God takes pleasure, so much so that, that, that Jesus refers to the church, the people, the sheep, the bride. So wherever we collect, we are the bride of Christ. You are the bride of Christ. When my beautiful bride, Helen, walked in, coming down the aisle, I remember my heart, and, my, and I began to, like, I got very tearful. My, my sort of background, uh, I've got... Um, whether it's Mediterranean heritage, but it, it, you know, even now my arms are going like this, and all my Italian family, it's like this. We need to, you know, you think they're in a big riot, but um, I, I got emotional, and, and when my lovely Helen came down the, the aisle, but I need to realign that emotion from time to time because I take her for granted. So is you and I with the bride, being the bride of Christ. And uh, Jesus never takes you and I for granted. He loves us so much, but I just need to realign my heart with that love. And I was speaking of, you know, last, a couple of weeks ago about emotion and devotion and how we realign our hearts in that. You know, so we're referred to as the bride of Christ, also the body of Christ throughout the New Testament. You know, the hands, the feet, the eyes, you know, the heart. Jesus is the very heart of us. But that's amazing. God takes pleasure, delights in the church. But that, that sort of language is throughout the New Testament. So I, I can't, you know, I haven't got time to labour the point, but God takes delight, pleasure in the church. Um, the church is His plan. Not only does He take pleasure, but we are in the plan of God, the very heart, nub, and deal. You know, there, I was saying this a few days ago. There is no plan B for the universe. Plan A is church, founded on Jesus Christ. 
That is plan. You know, Theresa May's plan B, plan C, whatever it is. But there's only one plan, and it's the church. Oh, my word. That's amazed me. You know, we've been singing, your love is amazing. It really is. Um, but I've got to tell myself that. Because I take it for you and I. I do. I take it for granted. And that's what realigning the highs. But we are his plan. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, the New Living Translation, the plan says God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You and I, the people, church, we are the, in the plan of God. So not only are we prized by God, pleasure of God, but we are in the plan of God. That is the plan. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. But it comes with privilege, but incredible responsibility as the people of great privilege, beautiful privileges, all the blessings of heaven adopted into the family. What privilege. But also, we are now family. Was it Sister Sledge did a, did a song? I'm showing my age now. We are family. I've got all my sisters with me. We are family. We are now in the family of God with it, all the privileges, but also responsibility. It's the responsibility bit that people don't like to talk about today. Um, Jesus said, so it's pleasure in the church, plan of the church. The church is the place of power. In the church, through you and me. Not the sheep shed, the actual building. The sheep, you and me. We are the, that's the church. And Jesus said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Matthew 16, verse 18. Matthew 16, 18. Power of God. God takes pleasure in the church. The church is in his plan. And the church is released in the power. Plan A, power of God through the church. Oh, my word. Irrespective of denomination. Plan A. Wow. Um, it led one well-known pastor uh, to, to, to coin a phrase, the local church is the hope of the world. About 15 or 20 years ago, he coined this phrase, the local church is the hope of the world. Why? Because it's, God takes pleasure through the church, it's the plan is in the church, the power is in the church. So my plea with you and for me, bearing in mind, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and for me is this, let's prize the church. Let's take it to heart. So many Christians knock their church, their own church, and the church. And if we can't prize the church, it will have all its foibles. We will have, because we're people. I was amongst a bunch of pastors, and uh, you know what it's like? A bunch of pastors bemoaning, saying church would be great if it wasn't for people. (laughs) That's what church is. People. Without it, we're, we're doomed. But that's dangerous, isn't it? We've got to prize it. We've got to love it. We've got to love one another, you know, and, and face the reality that it isn't always what it should be. And let's honestly lay hold of God and say, heal us, change us. You know what they say, find a perfect church, then don't you join it. Because if you do, you'll change it. So my plea, and my own plea in my own heart is, let's prize the church. And we do that by realigning our hearts with him. And... Praying. So pray for your church. Pray for whatever denomination. Pray for leaders. Pray for the church. 
there's stuff that will go wrong because we're human. But pray that it goes right. Pray that God will have his way. Do you know what? Let your will be done, Jesus. Not the will of someone saying such and such. If it's not your will, then it won't be done. His will will be done. Let's pray for that. Let's prize the church. That's my plea. That's our plea today. To do that, we need to realign our hearts. So there's three things that I want to say. Number one, if we're going to realign our hearts, we need a heart for the presence of God. First thing I want to say is this. If we're going to realign our hearts, if we're going to prize the church, if we're going to get to that place where it's not, we're not all, all doe-eyed, we, we know that there will be things because we're human and things do go wrong. We're going to pray into those. We're going to ask God to have his way. But if we are going to realign our hearts and prize church, then we've got to, number one, have a heart for the presence of God. And it says uh, there that great things were done at the hands of the apostles. There were signs, there was healing, there was deliverance. People were being added to the church. Amazing miracles, amazing things. God miraculously turning up in the early church. It was in our reading in Acts 42. And that's the first thing. We need the presence of God. You and I, you need, I need the presence of God. The presence of Jesus. Of course, when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes within. Jesus said, if I go to be with the Father, I send the Spirit to be with you and in you. And so the day that you become born again and you open your heart, the Spirit of God resides in, not just outside, but now in our hearts and lives. But there is that need to realign with the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I do a lot of things my way in my life. And there are times when I need to come back and realign my heart with him. So much so that there was a... um, Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, so speaking about the vine, he said, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, as church and as individuals, as a husband, as a wife, as a, as a Christian, as a dad, uh, uh, as a mom, as a church, as a community, a collection of people, we can do nothing apart from him. He says it, apart from me, you can do nothing. We, we can do lots of things, but they don't last the pace. You know, they, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, they, human beings created a great tower. It's called the Tower of Babel. Human ingenuity is amazing. We can do great things, but it doesn't last. Only that which is founded on Jesus Christ ultimately. Apart from him, we can do nothing. There's so many voices today. There's so many people that would say, if I listen to every voice, and I try and listen, I honestly try and listen to you, or, you know, as many people as I can. But if I did everything that everybody wanted, I'd be pulled apart in many directions. And so we've got to have the presence and voice of God, the heart of God in our lives and in our church. And uh, so in John chapter 6, verse 68, Peter, speaking to Jesus and the disciples said this, they, they understood what it was to be in the presence of Jesus and to know Jesus and to walk with Jesus. They, so important was the presence of Jesus. In John six sixty-eight. listen to this. Peter replied to Jesus, Lord, to whom can we go to? You have the words that give eternal life. Where can we turn and who can we go to? You have the words of life. Such is the presence and desire and the power and the need to walk with Jesus, to walk with him and to know him and to know the power of the Holy Spirit in my heart and life and marriage and home and our church. Where can I go to? Oh, you'll get all of the critics will come out, all of the couch specialists on breakfast TV and tell you what to do and what should be done. There's a lot of clever people and we need that. I'm not belittling that, but we need Jesus. And, it's his, and we have to, I have to realign my heart. In, you know, I didn't just get baptized in the Holy Spirit 36 years ago, whatever it was, and I spoke in tongues then. You need to be released in the power of the Holy Spirit this very day. 
All of us do. You do and I do. And, uh, and um, we need the presence of Jesus. In, in the Old Testament, Exodus 33, verse 15, this is Moses speaking and God speaking about moving in his presence. He said, my presence will go with you. Listen to this. Exodus 33, 15. Whether it's Old or New Testament, we need the presence of God. Listen to this. Moses said to God, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us up from here. Wow. I won't go if it's not your say-so. I won't do. I need your... In other words, we need the presence of God. Exodus 33, verse 15. Uh, You know why his presence is the place of possibilities? Because in his presence is the place of possibility. You know when we talk about buildings and raising finance? It's the place of his presence that counts. And this year, realigning my heart with you, Holy Spirit, with you, Lord Jesus... Every single one of us in this room would probably say, it's not religion, it's a relationship. It's not religion. So how's your relationship with Jesus today? How's his presence in your life? Just asking, not pointing the finger. Second thing is this. So we need his presence and we need to realign our hearts with his presence. And as a church, we, we collectively, you know, we, 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 I love his presence. I love, love him and I want to be... In, in all that the Holy Spirit has for me today. Second thing is this, um, we need to realign our hearts for each other, a heart for the people of God. If we need a heart for his presence of God, we need a heart for the people of God. You know, I know you can listen to a podcast, you can uh, live stream a message, you can watch God TV. I'm shocked today, uh, you know, Christ- I meet Christians from different backgrounds and denominations and churches, and the trend that I hear is... Well, you know, I don't really need to go. You know, I don't really need to be around. I can get it off of. I can listen to it, catch up later. Well, you can. You know, I can see it and I can hear about it. I could even live stream it and do Facebook, you know, live stream or whatever it is and see the, see the churching going on in motion. I don't, I don't, do I have to be there? You know, I've got lots going on and there's this and on Sunday I've got that and everything else. And that, that is a, a growing a growing trend, even, even amongst people who would consider themselves Christians, believers, and followers of Jesus. It's something that I observe, and, and lots of other people I talk to I seem to be observing. And uh, I would say this, that God made people to meet people. He designed us. It's interesting. It says, in the beginning was the Word, in John chapter 1, verse 1, 2, 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And uh, the, the way it says there, the word, it's speaking of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the word with literally means face-to-face and moving towards. So it literally means this. In the beginning, there was God, the word, Jesus, and they were face-to-face moving towards each other. So the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit have relationship. And God's designed us to relate, to move towards, to be with. That's what human beings are made for. And uh, so you, podcasting is good. We're involved in it as a church. Uh, we haven't done live streaming yet, but I'm sure that's something we will get look at and get, get, get into in the very near future. And we do all social media, and we say follow our social media. All this stuff is great, but this doesn't change being together like now. There's no substitute for that. That's what we're designed for. Um, now, yeah, so we're made um, to meet people. And uh, the word church literally means this. The word is ecclesia. It's in the Greek New Testament. And where you see the word church, that is a translation of the word ecclesia. And ecclesia was used of this. In the ancient Greek world, 
um, it was used of a group of people gathered outside the city gates to make authoritative decisions for that city. It was the elders of the city. So in Greece, Athens, Corinth, the Greek, Greek, uh, the Greek world, the ecclesia would be called, and a group of men, it was men at that time, a group of men would gather outside the city gates with the authority to make decisions for the city. That same word that meant a grouping of authoritative people together, they were called out together outside the gates. That same word is now being transferred and refers to Christians. So people called out of the world together in the authority of God, the ecclesia. That's the same, that's the, that's the, that's the meaning. Anything else is a corruption. Uh, check it out for yourself. Don't just take my word for it, Okay. I think that's pretty beautiful and pretty incredible. So it's about the church. That's why I said it's this is a sheep shed. This is just the building, and we are the, 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 we're the sheep of the church. But the sheep are the ones called out of the world. We're still in the world, but we're called together in the authority of Jesus Christ. That's why it's powerful. This is the plan and power of God. That's why you can, you can watch it online, and you can listen to it online. And there is a catch-up, and it's not wrong. But if that is a substitute for this... It's all wrong. It, I tell you what, it, it definitely is all dangerous. Um, why? Because it's a place of spiritual power. Um, to have communion, to be together. If you look in the book of Acts, it says that people were together. The disciples joined themselves to one another. Very interesting. Luke is really hot on this in Acts. Go and look at it for yourself. And so um, it's not just that we're coming together as a big a big group of people, and that is good, because I've heard some people say it's great when you get together and you meet others and you get friends and there's this collective sense of friendship. That's all true. That's, all of that stuff's good, but that's not the main reason, and that's not the main power. The main power is this, that um, there, is spirit, there is a spiritual authority and power. In um, Leviticus chapter 26, verse 8, and I don't believe this, this is the, the principle not, not, uh, that's behind this. Um, it says, five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand, and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. Five will chase a hundred, and a hundred will chase ten thousand. That doesn't make military sense, because it isn't military sense, it's spiritual sense. It's spiritual sense, the power of community, God's community, not just a club, Christian club community, but the power of the community of God, the ecclesia. This is the power of ecclesia, is that, uh, and I don't believe this is making, although it's an Old Testament scripture, and I'll come to the new in a moment, five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand. That's the power of starfish. Throwing back together. It's the power. It's spiritual power. Um, in Psalm 133, verses 1 to 3, you'll probably know it very, very well. I don't believe this is stretching the point too much. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. I missed the middle bit out there for a moment. But the good and pleasant thing is when we live together, heart, mind, spirit. That's, and, there, and it says the Lord bestows, commands, blessing. Spiritual power. So it does you good for friendship. It does you good psychologically. It's, it's a proven fact that people of faith community, uh, the blood pressure's lower, the heart rate, etc., all, all this sort of stuff, it, because of faith and friendship and, and well-being and getting out and joining others. But that isn't the main reason. Forgiven by the 
love and power of God, it's releasing the hope and power of God. God just commands his blessing. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, for where two or three gathered in my name, there am I with them. That verse is about spiritual authority making decisions in forgiving and permitting. But the principle behind that, that's the literal in Matthew 18, but the principle is the power of the collective spirit. We live in a very insular world, independent, but we are interdependent. We're interdependent. And so it's good. Probably a good translation of the word church is assembly. An assembly. People together. It's interesting. So, you know, my plea would be, let's, you know, you know we, we, and also, you know, you, it's great. You can, I think online podcasting and streaming has replaced a little bit of uh, God TV type stuff. But uh, you can sit at home, you don't, have, you don't have to rub shoulders, We're sitting beside somebody, sitting behind, behind somebody, you know, somebody gets in your face, you don't like what they say. But that's all part of Christian growing up and having the, being, being honed and sparked and iron sharpens iron. But you, you, anyone can sit at home. God calls us to be the people of God. So there's something about having a heart for the people. Not being a club, having a heart for all people. But there is something about a desire for realigning our hearts. And finally, moving on to close. Uh, oh no, final point, sorry. Is um, heart for the plan of God. Heart for the presence of God. Heart for the people of God. And a heart for the plan of God. God. You know, it said the Lord added to them daily uh, the community around. You know, the early church was in the community. I know they went to the temple courts, they met from house to house, but they were in the marketplace as well when they bought their meat. In Corinthians, it's a lot about food and sacrifice to idols and eating meat in the marketplace. So the early church were in the marketplace, out and about, mixing with people. And the plan of God is for us the community of God, to be in the community and to be the community. Yeah? And one of the phrases that we, we have, have as a church over the last two or three years is a church at the heart of the community with a heart for the community. It's a phrase that we have had over the last two or three years. And uh, that's something that's really aligning our hearts as a church. You know, it's in our vision report. You'll see the amount of impact that we're the church has always had an impact in community but there seems to be something stirring in our church where the impact is increasing things like lace maker court which is an amazing um outreach uh, at lace at lace maker it's incredible uh, time to talk our, our prime time luncheon uh, club you know our life groups in the community um although it's not us as such but carl and becker um with um petersham you know, hope long eaten is something that's fresh at starting. Um, but quite a few people in church have been sort of encouraging, you know, the, the, in the Petersham area. There's, there's local councillors now getting interested. Our toddler time sees somewhere in the region of 100 people a day, parents and children coming through. You know, when I first came, I said that my vision was to see the church open every day, filled every day with nobody wanting to go home every day. And that, that, that's sort of beginning to happen. Uh, and, and so we said that, you know, at the heart of the community with a heart for the community. But, you know, I believe that it's the, it, the, the plan of God is taking Jesus from where he is to where he isn't. That's the plan of God. Maybe realigning our hearts with that. Taking Jesus from where he is to where he isn't. Now, I know that God is everywhere present. 
I know that, that, and that's true, but there are areas in our community and in people's hearts where he's not manifestly present. Kingdom of God to advance. And so the plan of God, is, and he said that they saw people daily coming into the kingdom of God. And uh, so look out for Talking Jesus in our life groups in the next two or three weeks. We're going to look at something about life and living. And uh, it's not an evangelism course. It's a more organic, just talking, living the relationship and speaking about the relationship of Jesus, talking to, to others and taking his presence from where he is to where he isn't. That's Talking Jesus. In the next month, month or two, uh, There'll be a fresh series in church. I'm going to call it Testify is the tagline for that. And it'll be something about talking Jesus. It says in the book of Revelation that they overcame the devil by the word, their, the, the word of their testimony, the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives. There's this power in the plan of God. And so God is calling us to take his presence from where he is to where he isn't. Let's pray together. God bless you. Thank you for listening. So this morning, let's realign our hearts with a heart for the presence of God, a heart for the people of God, and a a heart for the plan of God in your heart and my heart, taking Jesus from where he is to where he isn't. Whatever that means for you, I don't know, at work, in life, and neighborhood, and and, uh, home. Uh, If the worship team could come, that'd be great. We're going to just sing as we close this morning, and I just want us to pray together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just open our hearts afresh. Um, can hear a message like this, and it's not that we've got stuff that we have to do. Um, having a heart for your presence, a heart for the people of God, a, a heart for your plan, and taking you from where you are to where you're not, that all comes about just by me realigning my heart with you. Holy Spirit, you know, this year, I just want to realign my heart with you, your plan, your will, and your way. And Father, would you see our hearts? Would you see our hearts? You know, our Vision AFM evening, uh, Annette had a word about a fresh breath, just taking a fresh breath. Uh, my, my, my take on that is realigning of the heart and, and refilling and renewing in the spirit. And, uh, you know, for us this morning, let's take a fresh breath. Let's renew ourselves in God with Jesus, our relationship, Holy Spirit, being filled with you afresh and anew. Uh, let's just do that right now as we open up our hearts to you, Father God. So fill us afresh, Lord. Renew our hearts. Realign us as a church and as a corporate group. Father, we just open our hearts to you. Come and have your way. Come and have your way. I take a fresh breath, Father God. I breathe in anew. I breathe anew. Breathe the breath of your love, your hope, your forgiveness. Your healing. For some this morning, they can't see the way ahead. So, Lord, would you breathe anew? Breathe afresh into our families, marriages, homes, into our bodies, our lives, our minds, our hearts. Breathe into us as a church with vision and the way in which we should go. Into our community, into Long Eaton, the town, and further afield, the, the, the surrounding areas around us. We don't want to be constrained. We don't want to have an attitude of limitation, but we want to expand our vision to yours. In your presence, there's a place of possibility. All things are possible for when we are found in you. Jesus, come alive in us afresh and in me and you and in the spiritual atmosphere in us and amongst us and around us. Thank you for people whose hearts 
are open to you this morning, Father. Those that are hurting and broken, just encourage and renew them, I pray, Lord God. You're the defender and lifter of our heads. We've been reminded that our help comes from you. Where else can we turn? The disciples said, we can't run anywhere else but you. I need you. I love you, Jesus. Just hear that heart cry. I love you, Jesus. Let's stand together, shall we? Let's lift our hands to heaven. Let's love him. And just let him love you right now. Maybe utter those words in your heart and mind. I love you. There's not a lot of stuff we have to do this morning. There's not a list of do's and don'ts. Purely, I love you. And when we begin to open our hearts that way, his love floods us. Let's do that, shall we? I love you. Our Father everlasting, the all-creating one. God Almighty, through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, forgiveness is in.